Welcome to the Travel Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Vandenberg. On our show, I interview and connect with leaders across travel, hospitality, and tourism. We talk leadership in our industry, what has shaped them, the successes, failures, and everything in between. Learn more about The Travel Leader at www.thetravelleadercoach.com. Today is a special show in partnership with She Has a Deal and its founder and CEO, Tracy Prigmore, as part of their Shad Talk series. I'm also excited to welcome two former Shad Pitch alumni, Viviana Wilkins and Portia Hood. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited for this conversation today. Welcome to our show. Hi, thank you, Rachel, for having us. Hi, thank you for having me. Hello, everyone. Welcome. So I have to say, I've been following She Has a Deal for a couple of years um, because I have a women's organization and I love to see what other people are doing. And I am so impressed by this initiative. Um, and I was telling Tracy when we were preparing for this interview that um, I'm actually a hotel owner, but I didn't do it the hard way. I inherited it. And the idea of what your alumni and participants actually do in this process scares me to death. <laughs> so I have so much admiration for what you're doing, and um, I'm still learning how to read a P&L. So, <laughs> uh, so really excited for this conversation and to learn much more about She Has a Deal. So Tracy, maybe you can start us off and just give us a little bit more of a framework for how this started and where it's at now. Of course. Um, thank you again, Rachel, for having us here. We're really excited to be partnering with you for our Shad uh, Talk series for the fall. And really, you know, She Has a Deal, it is a real estate investment platform that creates new pathways to hotel ownership and development for women. And how we do that is one, um, we expose and inspire women to the possibilities of ownership and development of hotels. The important part of it is teaching them how to do it. So we have a whole education uh, platform built on master classes with industry luminaries that are guiding the women through their journey to hotel ownership. I knew it was really important that you not just aspire to ownership, but that you have the education that accelerates your knowledge, you know, that builds your competencies to be successful in the business. Third, we wanted to build that network, the ecosystem, so the women could be successful. So in our network, we have women supporting women. We have other people that are supporting women. And as you probably know, if you're working on anything, having a, uh, a peer group, uh, a mentor are critical to success. And so She Has a Deal is about providing that ecosystem for success. One of the fundamental things that we're still building upon is availability of capital. So we know how important it is to have the availability of capital for the women to be able to actually acquire or develop their projects. So she has a deal essentially is this ecosystem that exposes and inspires women, teaches them how to become hotel owners, supports them on the journey and helps to unleash um, the friction uh, of capital for them to really be able to take action. And Rachel, I started this platform because on my own journey, I found it very challenging to find 
information in the way that I needed it in order to take on the risk. I also found it challenging to identify a mentor, someone that could relate to me and that was willing you know, to spend time with me and take me through that whole process. So our education is designed around everything that I wish I knew before I started, because I made a lot of mistakes and it took me a long time to get to the point of acquiring my first hotel, six years, took six years. Uh, it's also everything that I've learned along the way. So all of the mistakes that I've made, uh, all of the hacks that I've figured out and, and um, different pathways to get there, that's all a part of She Has a Deal education framework. And then it's everything I continue to learn. So I am now an operator. I started out as just an owner. I am now a developer and an operator. And so there's a lot of learning that I pour into the She Has a Deal platform. Wow, that is a, a, a great, you know, comprehensive platform you've created for these women. I could definitely say I would have liked to have something like that on my journey yeah. thus far. Um, that's amazing. Uh, so we're going to get much more into the, the details as we have this conversation and, and learn more from Portia and Viviana. But I'm, I'm curious to start us off, Portia and Viviana, what made you want to jump into this? Um, and how does that relate to the impact that you want to have in travel and hospitality? Viviana, you want to go for it? Go for it, Portia. <laughs> So uh, what made me do it? Uh, so I actually have 20 years in the hospitality industry. Uh, so I am not necessarily a newcomer to, um, you know, what it means to be uh, a hotelier, right? Uh, so I was thinking, okay, how do I get into ownership? And when I found She Has a Deal, I'm like, oh, this is the perfect vehicle for me to learn everything that I need to learn from the ownership side and, you know, how to raise capital. Um, you know, I was already familiar with, you know, how to read a P&L, um, you know, the role of an asset manager um, as my role as director of sales and marketing, you know. So I needed that other side. I needed that uh, investment side. I needed that ownership side. I needed that how to raise capital side. And the structure of She Has a Deal was perfect the way they do they, their education. Now, the pitch in itself, it is a bit scary, I have to admit, right? <laughs> You're like, oh my gosh, I have to get in front of these people. Um, but you learn a lot. And when you know it, you get up there and you get the job done. So, um, you know, you know your numbers inside and out, you know your deal. Um, and it, it, it just begins to flow because, you know, typically you're passionate about it. Uh, you believe in the project, so it flows. So that's, um, that, that's the reason why I did it. I do think having that hotel background will help me in my hotel ownership journey because I have, you know, had boots on the ground, right? I have been on property. Um, I have seen the highs and the lows on property. Uh, so I think that um, internal experience uh, will help me a lot. And, you know, Rachel, if I could just uh, add something to what Portia said is that, you know, Portia is that ideal person that I had in mind when I was creating She Has a Deal because Portia has, you know, 
20 years of experience in the industry and has worked for owners and helped owners to gain their wealth in the industry. Mm-hmm. And, and so now it's really her turn. I think she'll be phenomenal as an owner, having that inside boots on the ground experience. So we, we created, I forgot to say earlier, we created the pitch competition to layer on the platform. Some people think we're, you know, just a pitch competition. The pitch competition was added in order for the women to apply the knowledge, you know, what they're learning real time. Mm -hmm. That's why we added the pitch competition. And of course, everyone loves a good competition and it gives us an opportunity to uh, give away some money that is, you know, adds that capital piece that I talked about earlier uh, to the fold. So we do have a prize of $50,000 in deal equity for each of the tracks for the pitch competition, but we're not just a pitch competition. Yeah, that's great. And um, yeah, Portia, I think that that experience you have, I mean, that's so integral to, you know, important because you will know it's not even that you need to have all the answers, but you'll know the questions to ask Mm -hmm. because you have that inside experience. Um, So, yeah, I can definitely see how that will will help you along the way for sure. Viviana, how about you? Sure. And um, a bit different uh, career or a bit different entryway into She Has a Deal. So um, I entered as an early careerist and this was the first Shad Pitch competition. And to be truthfully honest, I didn't know what I was putting myself through. Um, I sort of just volunteered as tribute and rose my hand when um, the director of my school put it out there uh, for San Diego State University back in 2020, 2019 and 2020. And I said, why not? Um, I always like to get involved in other things outside of just my classes. So I said, this is something I don't know and I want to learn and I like a good challenge. So I joined with two other team members whom I didn't know. Um, I know they went to San Diego State, but I didn't know (laughs) of them. And to this day, they've become some of my closest friends and we worked as a team very well together. But for me, going through the education, um, through my school, we learn a lot about operations and the operations of hotels, but not the real estate side of it. And even then, I have only had maybe a year as front desk experience. So I haven't had the experience that Portia had. So I still had a lot to digest. So I can tell you after every masterclass that I attended live, I had to re-listen to the recording and pause and take my notes to really take everything in um, and utilize my teammates as well um, to help me understand and me help them understand as well. So with that being said, going through the pitch competition and towards the end, and let me tell you, even though we pitched in 2020 where we didn't have an in-person audience, I still had the pleasure of getting mic'd up, being on stage, having the judges there, and then knowing that millions of people were watching me on screen. So I still felt the jitters of pitching live. And it was one of the coolest things. I saw myself from the beginning and how much I learned to the end and just being so proud of myself and all the other women. And now being a Shad Squad member and working uh, alongside Tracy with the, the hotels we own and operate, it's come to a full circle that everything ties together. And the impact that I hope to have is that 
there's so many ways of doing things in the hotel ownership and operations, meaning it's not a rule book. There's no magic book that says this is how you should do it. I think that there's ways that have been done in the past and now travel has changed because of COVID, because of uh, the younger generation and leisure and working and mixing that with um, business and leisure. It's the dynamics of hotels have changed and it's going to be so fun to see this movement that she has a deal has done with the diverse um, knowledge and brains that the women bring coming from the pitch competition. And um, so, yeah, so I'm very grateful for it. I didn't think that I would be here um, three years ago. I thought I would be a GM at a hotel somewhere or something along the lines or even human resources, but I ended up um, being where I am and, and I've learned so much and I continue to learn so much. That's awesome. I, I can imagine that, you know, along the way with that learning probably comes some self-doubt in this process and a little bit of underestimation. When in this process have you had those doubts or underestimated yourself and how did you overcome them? Sure, I'll start. Um, so, I mean, I think I still am going through phases of underestimation or thinking that I can't do it or it's too challenging or not knowing what I don't know. But I also think that the more I feel that I'm getting overwhelmed, I take a step back and take it one by one. So rather than thinking that I have to tackle everything all I once, I try to take one piece at a time, get a full understanding, reach out to individuals and not be afraid to reach out to anybody around me, whether it be people I've worked in the past, whether it be people I'm currently working with or colleagues, um, and then just put it into practice, which is what she has a deal is doing. You're learning the knowledge, but you're also taking everything that you learned and applying it. So you, these are real deals that the women are going into. And in order to get that sort of fear out of the way is really applying the knowledge that you're learning. And as I'm learning new things on my own, because I don't expect things to just be put on my platter, then I apply it and, um, it is challenging and it is a mental repetition of saying that I can do it. I am enough. Um, I'm still in the process and I just have to think that other people around me, the leaders that I have admire, they were once me and in their role. So I have to bring that human level back to it uh, rather than all this pressure and just say, Hey, I'm a human. They were a human. Let's all just work together. So it's a lot of reflection. Um, and just um, taking pauses and then tackling it that way for me. And, and Rachel, really what's important about the uh, process, I will call it, uh, rather than just education, of she has a deal. It's about moving people from being, um, you know, consciously uh, or unconsciously incompetent to becoming consciously incompetent. And of course, competent in certain areas. So none of us can be completely competent in every aspect of the hotel business that we need to be as owners, as developers. With She Has a Deal, we're trying to move you to a point where you gain the competencies that, um, that you have the acumen for and the desire for, but you know the things that you don't know. And so it's dangerous, right, when you have things that you don't know that you don't know. 
<laughs> right. Um, yeah, and so if we can sure. bring that to your consciousness and then, you know, we create this um, network so you know where to go or at least where to start to get answers to the challenges that you're having. So Vivian's experiencing that, you know, she started out really not knowing um, a lot of what she didn't know she didn't know, uh, but she was willing to learn and, 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 and to really jump in and get into the hotel ownership process. And so now as an asset manager and she's a director of investor relations, you know, she's applying everything that she learns along the way, but knowing, hey, there's some things I really don't understand or don't know, but let me stop and pause and, and, and go in the direction to where I can get that answer. So it makes a world of a difference when you've gone through the process to know, you know, hey, we built this framework and it's, we call it the nine stage hotel investment roadmap, not sexy name, but, uh, you know, we like to call it SOAR because we're laying out for you, hey, there's all these complexities and we can't, you, you can't necessarily learn everything, you know, through this eight, nine month process, but here's the framework of what's going on. And, and so if you understand the framework and the important elements along the way, then you can continue to advance, you know, your competencies in the area. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like, um, you know, one of the things that I talk a lot about in my leadership work and coaching is the idea of a growth mindset. And yes. that is just so critical to this process because you have to be to one realize that it's okay to make mistakes it's okay i don't know everything um but that i can learn and um i can improve and that takes some uh some grit and determination and uh and being open to that to to move through it so yeah that's Absolutely. an important an important aspect of it for sure how about you, Portia? Yeah, I mean, Viviana really touched on a lot of points. I think for me, my biggest fear is capital. Um, you know, that is, when I'm looking at a hotel, the first thing I want to know is, you know, I'm looking at what the net operating income is. I'm looking at what, you know, the cap rates are for that market. Um, and I, I want to know how much is this hotel because that determines how much research I'm actually going to do for this hotel because I know that there's a number that I have to raise capital for, right? I have to bring some equity to the table. So there's a number in my head that I'm thinking, okay, I don't want to surpass this number, um, you know, that, that I have to raise in order to make it to the closing table. So uh, I think that's the thing that I have to overcome when I'm searching for hotel deals uh, and the like we've talked about the uh, network that you get with Shed and, you know, going through the process and, and, and being a member because they're absolutely right. You have things that you know and you have things that you don't know and you're going through that learning process, but there is someone else that may have the answer you know, to what you don't know. And so that's the great thing about that, this sisterhood because you can go to someone and if they don't have the answer, they may know someone else who has the answer. Mm. Uh, so mm -hmm. that's that's the, the greatest thing about the network. And, and like uh, Tracy said, it's the ecosystem, right? And so this system has uh, many different people that have many different talents 
that's working in different aspects of hospitality that can help you through whatever your challenge is. Yeah. And, you know, on the capital part, and Portia, you, I probably sound like a broken record saying this, though, is that was what held me back is, you know, I felt very comfortable, although I had not had the career that Portia had in hotels, I ran hospitals and I did work as a front desk clerk in college. I don't know if that counts for anything. However, <laughs> of course, my <laughs> my biggest fear was how am I going to get the money? So if I go and I find a deal and I put it under contract, where is the money going to come from? Because I personally looked at my bank account. There wasn't enough there to close on a deal. And, you know, I let that hold me back. I didn't have necessarily someone to teach me how to raise capital. Cap, capital. I found a couple of books, some resources, you know, spent a lot of money going to a lot of those mastermind groups. I mean, in fact, I want to say at least $60,000 going wow. to all these mastermind groups. And this was 20 years ago, I was spending that kind of money. So you imagine what it costs today. And, mm -hmm. and so what I like to tell the women is, listen, you don't know what doors will open for you until you're walking through those doors. So same thing with capital. Now, I don't recommend you just jump in without the education, right? And that's why we provide the education. But what I do know is all of the answers for capital are not gonna be answered from education or any given deal. So it's not until you're in the deal that you know, or you'll see like who's real and who's actually gonna invest with you. And you'll meet people that you never knew before that will rise to the table. So when I first started, I started with my core network and it went from there. They brought other people to the table. People found out about it. And so I like to say I found my tribe of people who were uh, very interested in the platform that I had built, which was around leveraging real estate to build generational wealth. And so people came to the table that I would have never known. So I took a leap of faith um, after, of course, sitting on the sidelines for, for too long, not having all this information that we've laid out for you with the She Has a Deal platform, but, you know, wrestling my way through it. And I finally said, I'm going to try. And if I fail, it's OK. At least I mm -hmm. tried. So mm -hmm. I put a hotel under contract um, the first time. And I failed. Um, I never even had a chance to raise equity. I applied for a SBA loan um, that did not get approved, a 504 whole process there. And it happened, you know, during the recession, right at the beginning of the recession, uh, the Great Recession, and the SBA said, no, it can't be successful. I disagree with them still to this day. But, uh, <laughs> but the next time when I, I, I took a long break before I jumped in because of that fear of failure, which I don't recommend, I, I recommend you, you, you lean into that, that fear. But when I finally said, listen, I have to do this and I'm gonna jump in and I put a hotel under contract, I needed $3.6 million. I had $600,000 in my bank account in cash um, and I had no idea where the three was gonna come from. But I followed all the steps, everything, I had a strategy, you know, everything I had taught myself and learned, you know, from going to conferences and reading and taking classes, um, I had to piece it all together. I said, I'm going to, I have to execute the strategy. And while it wasn't smooth, I ended up raising $3.2 million. 
Um, and I, I ended up with a loan that only required me to, to have $3.2 million. But like I said, I did not, I would have never been able to write down the names of the people who came forth and invested and are still investors today, repeatedly investing with me. So you have to step wow. through the door. You're going to yeah. put the, the guardrails on, right? You, we don't lose right. money, right? There's right. some at-risk capital that you're going to have to lose, potentially, but you put the guardrails on and you say, hey, my due diligence period is up. Thank you very much. I'm moving on. If you, you know, if you don't have indications that you'll have those dollars to close, but you have to keep moving and you have to step through the door or you'll never know, you know, what's possible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah as you were talking, Tracy, and before you said it, I was thinking of that word faith and courage mm -hmm. and, but it's not blind faith. It's informed right. faith. Mm -hmm. Yes. and being brave and courageous to make that step um, that that helps you uh, kind of kickstart your your effort into making this dream a reality. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So, um, you know, because our podcast is about leadership, I, I have one question that I actually didn't prepare you with, but I, I was curious mm -hmm. about what do you think are the leadership competencies that are really critical for hotel ownership? I say grit. <laughs> for me, grit would be the number one. Um, and I put grit along with resilience. I mean, resilience to me is a little more passive than grit. Uh, when I think back to, uh, and, and it's extreme, COVID is extreme. But when I think back to the, what I went through during COVID and um, I knew I had the tenacity in me, I've always had that, but a, another level came out. And, and knowing that I had no idea what was gonna be on the other side, but inside of me, I said, I'm going to make it through this. I'm going to survive this and I'm going to do everything in my power, you know, to mitigate the negative impact. And I'm, and, you know, because I bring in investors, it's, it's not, you know, all about me. Right. I was like, well, if I lose all my money, I lost all my money, but I can't lose my investors money. Right. Like that was a really tough part of this. And so you do any and everything that you can do. So, uh, from a, to answer your question, I really think it's about the grit of, you know, looking at the scenario and saying, okay, I can't control this, but what can I do? How can I mitigate mm. this impact? And then I have to keep trying despite things that are, you know, going on that I can't control. I have to keep pushing forward. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah how about you, Portia and Viviana? What were some of those leadership skills that you've been tapping into for this process? Yeah, I, I would say, um, I know COVID is extreme, but you know, when they say the going gets tough, the, the <laughs> tough gets going, uh, I think that was actually the time that I decided, okay, I'm going to be a hotel owner. Now, who decides that during COVID? Because COVID was, <laughs> was the worst. Was the worst time for the hotel industry. I mean, you had hotels that literally had to close their doors. Um, but I think, uh, like ever, for the company that I worked with at the time, um, pretty much everyone had gotten laid off except for the leadership team. So uh, my hotel was actually 
able to stay open during that time through the entire time of COVID. So while people were working from home, I was still the, going to work. Uh, we were considered essential employees. We had a letter and everything. And, um, you know, I was behind the front desk with a mask on, um, you know, and, and that's when I decided, oh, it's time right now to learn how I can become a hotel owner. Um, but I think just during that time, you know, it also helped me learn a lot because we had to figure out, okay, what occupancy do we need to sustain in order to keep the doors open? Where do we break even, right? So I think then you had to start to put on an ownership hat. Uh, and, and, and that's what really got my wheels turning. And, um, you know, that, that, that's how I said, okay, it's time. I'm going to figure <laughs> out how I need to learn how to do this. So I think it's those tough times that um, that where ideas are formed. Um, I think, you know, Tracy had talked about the tough time that she had getting into ownership and it took her six years and now we have the birth of She Has a Deal. So um, another thing that I think was important during that time is we all became human again. We were uh, really concerned about each other's health. Uh, we were concerned about each other's families. And I think, you know, that reminded uh, people and leaders that they needed to be passionate, compassionate. They needed to hear and understand um, their employees. Uh, and so um, I, I think, you know, I, I kind of feel like people are maybe shifting back to, you know, before COVID. But that's the one thing that I want people to keep is to keep that mm. compassion for, you know, your colleague, your, your coworkers, um, keep that, that listening ear, uh, because I think that's important um, as you, you know, move forward and want to grow. You have to see people for who they are in order to get the best of them. Yeah. Yeah. It seems, you know, I heard, heard a couple of different things there about like having a strategic mindset um an analytical mindset um and putting that ownership hat on and yeah absolutely empathy compassion um mm -hmm. those are, are critical elements of uh you know because it's all about the people the people mm -hmm. that make the hotel operate and you absolutely can't do that without them for sure viviana how about you yeah um i really like the human aspect that you mentioned portia um i sometimes have to remind myself that every day that, um, you know, it's people, they have their things going on, just as I have my things going on separate from work. Uh, but um, I definitely like uh, that leadership quality is kind of tuning back to your humanness. Um, and also from what I've learned is that being a hotel owner operator is really being able to adapt and pivot. Uh, so for example, seeing everything, um, taking yourself out of the rabbit hole that you may be in and see it from a bird's eye view. And if things are not going well or not to your standard or you're not getting the bottom line that you should be getting, then see it from a bird's eye view and see where you need to pivot and adapt and change down below. Um, meaning hotel owner, you see all the data and all the numbers. And if you aren't seeing what you want to see or what you um, expect to see, then that's when you need to go down and start to say, what can we do different 
and being able to communicate that to your team members um, and say, hey, we need to start doing a change. Let's all collaborate together because what we've been doing is not working, um, but we can definitely see a brighter side at the end uh, because it is a business, it's possible. You know, we bought it for a reason as a hotel owner, um, but let's adapt and change and pivot to where we want to go. So that's something that um, I believe the leader should be able to lead the team into um, and, and ask for questions from them as well and say, hey, do you feel that this is working? Yes or no? What ideas can you bring to the table? Um, I'm open to hearing what you uh, want to say because you're down on the operation side and you see it day-to-day -day basis. And then let's bring those ideas fruitful and let's let's go with it. And then if that doesn't work, let's try something else. So just being able to uh, pivot when things aren't going well. Yeah, adaptation, collaboration, <laughs> key elements for sure. So Tracy, I want to turn it over to you to see, um, yeah, what other questions that do you think are, are critical for understanding that uh, this can be a scary process, and, uh, but, but it doesn't have to be? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think that uh, I'd like to ask uh, Viviana and, and then Portia a, a couple of questions around their, their journey, you know, to, to do this. And what I think is most important is, you know, how are you handling, you know, adversity, you know, as you go through the process to um, your aspirations, what are you experiencing and how are you managing, you know, any negative aspects of that experience to get you to the other side? So I believe that fear, um, never necessarily goes away. I believe that as you gain more knowledge, and that's what we seek to do with She Has a Deal, you can, for me personally, I manage the fear. I still have fears every day about failure um, and, and not uh, meeting my goals. And, and every day I don't necessarily meet the goals. So I'm curious for each of you, you know, entering the competition and having a, a a round of you know different experiences along along the pathway, and even getting to hotel ownership. What adversities um, have you encountered, and how have you managed your way to the other side? Want to start, Viviana? Um, so to your point, Tracy, I think um, you know having fear, and even for myself, believing that um, that whole. Uh, verbiage of enough, you know, am I doing enough? Am I smart enough? Am I, um, that enough word, I think sometimes limits myself to get to a level that I know that I can be. Um, and as I went through the pitch competition and now during my career journey, uh, it's really, I think it's such a personal thing for myself to take a moment and know that everything that I can handle in a day, remind myself that I have done it in the past and this is no different. If I put in 100% of my energy into my projects, uh, my uh, conversations, my meetings with people, um, and I should be able to not only complete, but exceed. Uh, and that's takes a challenge because um, as I said during the pitch competition, I didn't know what I didn't know. 
and I had to rewatch and re-listen and educate myself on the side to get to the level that I want to be. And I don't know that um, everyone goes through life that way. I think that um, it takes a leader to be able to uh, go back and say, hey, I don't know how to do this. It's my responsibility to take action and teach myself and be able to, again, adapt to all the things that go on in the hotel industry because there's so many nuances. There's so many departments. It's an operating 24-7 business. So throughout the pitch competition, it almost led me to where I am now where what I, I don't know what I don't know, but yes, it could be a little scary, but once I dive in, oh my gosh, it, it's wrong plus one, right? It's, it's not um, this brain chemistry trying to solve for, you know, COVID. I mean, like I wasn't in the back trying to come up with, with the solve for a cure. It's really that business mindset. So it's a lot of um, reflection for me um, when it comes to that and really just being a sponge. Uh, I know that I, when I sit in meetings and I uh, have the opportunity to sit at the table, I'm listening to what everyone else is saying and I'm taking that in and soaking it up. And I'm like, okay, putting into pockets for when I can utilize it in real world scenario one day. Orsha? The biggest thing that I'm facing, like the biggest challenge, I guess, is time, time, time. So I am a mom of three, right? And so, oh my goodness, I have 15 month old toddlers and they are giving me a run for my money. And I have to really plan times when I can like sit at the computer and, you know, take a look at a hotel and carve out time to underwrite this hotel. Um, and that takes time. <laughs> so I am really battling uh, being able to carve out enough time a day. So I literally just go, even if I can do an hour today, do an hour tonight, do an hour, you know, I, I really have to plan out if they're asleep. Uh, maybe this is a good time for me to to do some work. Uh, so so that's my biggest challenge right now. Um, when I like, I think everybody has self doubt. Um, when I find myself in those spaces where there's that negative talk in your head, you know, um, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> why are you trying to do this, girl? This is way too much. Um, then I have to say, get out of, get out of your own head, right? Um, I do love inspirational music. So anytime I need a pick me up or I need to boost myself to move forward, you know, I always play inspirational music to give me that energy to move forward, you know? Uh, and so that the, the biggest thing is once the self doubt begins, do not let it linger get it out of your head immediately, you know, do whatever it's going to take, you know, to pick you up. Um, if that means self affirmations, you know, whatever it is that you have to do to say, you can do this, do that so that you can move forward. Because if you do nothing, nothing will happen. Okay. Right. So you got to do something right. So um, that that's typically how I try to overcome that. But yeah, I mean, you know, self, self doubt does come, fear does come. You got to overcome it. So I want to ask you something, Portia, very specifically to where you are um, is 
You mentioned that capital, you know, was an issue for you or you were feeling a little fear about capital. Is that correct? I would say that. So as you are, you know, in the pursuit um, of ownership and having that fear, tell me what you are going to do or are doing today to mitigate or, you know, to, uh, you know, push that aside to move forward. So I, you know, I know I I had it. So I'm very curious of how you're managing it and how we're going to get you to it's, I want to say finish line because it's, it's, it's a marathon. It's not a, you know, it's right. not like just right. one race. Uh, but how, you know, because we want to, you know, I want to be a uh, help to you in, in that aspect as well. So can we talk about that a little bit? Yes, definitely. Um, so one thing I find myself doing is actually talking to a lot of people. So when, um, you know, it, it could just be in the grocery store. You know, if somebody strikes up a conversation, then I find myself leading, you know, the conversation towards hotel ownership. I think a lot of it is just education, right? So, and and sometimes people are like, it's interesting what people know about hotels because most of the time people just think, oh, I just, you know, go on, you know, I don't know, Expedia or even directly to the website, Hilton.com and make a reservation is that, and that's it. Like they have no idea what it means to be uh, a hotel owner or, you know, that that even exists. I think, you know, a lot of people think all of the hotels are owned by those respective brands. Uh, mm-hmm. So a lot of it is education. And I, and, and I have spoken with a lot of people, um, you know, just getting the information out, um, letting them know what I'm trying to do. Also, um, talking about my experience, you know, in the hotel industry and asking them about people they may know who may be interested in such investments. So, you know, we talk about <laughs> diversifying, right? So I say this is a great way for you to, you know, diversify some of your investments. So uh, really, I've just been talking to people that I normally wouldn't talk to about hotel <laughs> investments. Uh, and, and, and so that's my first step. Um, I was just in Martha's Vineyard and I think I talked about hotel ownership every single day. And, um, you know, there were some people that were like, oh, I may know angel investors. Uh, so I think, you know, the more that I have, um, spoken about it, the more people have said, oh, this is interesting. I want to learn more. Yeah, that's, that's a smart advice. I didn't see you at the vineyard. When were you there? Anyway. Uh, so I was talking about it, too, right? So every every opportunity when people ask you, what do you do or et cetera, you know, you kind of squeeze it in and you just start creating this mental list or writing it down is probably better than right. the mental list of anybody that you've touched at a porch party, Martha's Vineyard right. to a right. formal event. Yes, I was doing that as well. Um, well, but next yeah, time I want... we got to be together so together. we can talk. <laughs> well, we're going to have a, sh- I'm going to try to do a shad event next year, but I think it's really important that, you know, and Rachel, I want to talk about that just a little bit, if you don't mind, because that's probably there's probably women on here listening and probably some men who are thinking, yeah, I would love to get into ownership and uh, but I don't have the money or I don't know how to raise the capital. I meet a lot of people with amazing ideals and even plans. Some have gone as far as plans, but they don't have a financial plan, you know, with respect to where that money is going to going to come from. And so I want to, you know, give 
some confidence to people to say, you know, there are all the hotel owners you see out there, very few of them are using 100% of their own money. I did not know this, you guys. I had no idea. I worked in healthcare. I decided I wanted to invest in real estate. I started buying single family homes and renting them out um, you know, for cash flow. When I decided I wanted to go, go into commercial real estate, I took a class. I was trying to get ahead of myself. I literally thought I had to buy 100 houses before I could get one commercial property. And I wasn't thinking hotels, so I wasn't you know, that intentional with Monopoly, but it truly, I thought that that was my only way there uh, to get there was to buy all these homes. And that was going to take 10 years plus to do that. But when I found out about syndication and the fact that uh, hardly any commercial real estate is owned by any one individual, it's owned by groups and, and you know, and partnerships that we do now to, uh, you know, other institutions, pension funds, private equity groups, etc. So, there is a uh, a mode or you know there is a pathway to to getting to ownership through syndication and so with she has a deal that's a large part of what we're teaching is how to raise capital and i like to say how to raise capital legally because we do make sure that we follow the sec guidelines and the regulations uh, that are set forth but there is actually a way to do it and yes you do have to start with the network but you can grow from there you know, beyond your own network to institutional level. Um, and it is a process and it, it does take time, but you can get there. So you can do it. I, when I heard about the syndication, I was like, I stopped dead in my tracks. And when that changed my whole trajectory of my life, <laughs> my career, when they explained it to me. And then I was like, oh, that makes sense because I thought only rich people, you know, owned all of these different buildings out there. And I don't know why I thought that, um, but it, it's not true. Even the most wealthiest people are syndicating or bringing other investors to the table. And that's how they're getting even more rich <laughs> because they are leveraging other people's money and diversifying their portfolios. So, you know, don't let capital be the deterrent from, from starting. At least give it a try, but get uh, gain knowledge, do it, you know, get your knowledge and do it uh, in a legal way. And as, as, as Portia mentioned, is I no longer, when people say, how are you? I no longer say, oh, I'm fine. I say, oh, I'm working on, yeah. you know, we're building a hotel in Redlands, California, or, you know, oh, I just bought a winery and, you know, we're still raising capital. You know, I kind of slip it in just, you know, and then the people that are like, hmm, tell me more. Uh, there'll be those and there'll be people like, huh, whatever, change the subject. That's cool. That's all right. But I have gained more people just by, you know, kind of pitching a little bit, a uh, soft pitch of, you know, what I'm doing. Cause they're asking what I'm doing and it is what I'm doing. It, it is a big part of my life. And I've like, I literally, um, my biggest investor I met because he was staying at my condo in Florida and we just had started having a conversation and he wanted to know more about what I did. And I said, oh, you know, I'm working on buying a hotel. And he said, oh, what? And that led to like a half a million dollars in investment and more after that, right? Just from having that conversation, wow. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you all bring up a couple of reflections I think that are so important. And one is that, that a big part of this is getting over those limiting beliefs mm -hmm. and that, you know, why me? Who am I, you know, you know to do this? 
Um, and the second big part is building relationships um, and mm -hmm. how that leads to unexpected conversations and outcomes. Um, so critical for anyone going into business, but especially when you're raising capital, I'm sure. Yeah, raising capital is about relationships. And it's interesting because with the pitch competition and everything that we lay out during it, it's setting you up for that. So you have to, some people say, oh, I want to learn, but I don't want to pitch. Well, I'm like, you know what, when you're, unless you have your own money and you're planning to use all of your own money, you're going to be pitching, right? Like it may not be a formal, right. beautiful pitch deck or whatever, but you are, you have to ask for money. You have to pitch. You have to, um, you're not just asking for money. I mean, you're sharing a vision um, for that particular opportunity and you're getting that buy-in, the people to believe in the vision that you've established to move forward. So you have to be able to succinctly, um, yeah. you know, do your research and succinctly be able to articulate what it is that you're, um, you're presenting as an offer for that investment. Yeah. yeah. So we're coming close to the end of our time, but I want to make sure that we've touched on all the critical topics, Tracy. So okay. what is, what is something else that you want to be sure our audience knows today? Yeah. So I, I probably said this before, but I want to uh, make sure it was very clear. And to summarize it is that if you have the aspirations to become uh, an owner, developer of any type of commercial real estate, but we specifically talk here in hospitality. And, you know, it could even be um, a product or service that you want to bring to market in the industry. The world is yearning for the brilliance of women to be more reflected in the products and services that are you know presented in our industry and so i really want to encourage women to take those steps and and bring what you've been thinking about what you've been putting on paper you know to bring it to life because i believe that the industry will explode with innovative growth when more women um, are owning and developing hotels but also you know, getting their products and services, you know, into the stream of um, of the business and the industry. And and so I don't want women to be fearing that, you know, it's it, they can't do it or, you know, they can't get the money and, you know, all those different things that kind of hold us and help have us sit on the sideline because I was doing that. Can you imagine if I would have just stayed on the sideline, you know, um, yeah. and, and, and then the adversities as Portia pointed out, that lead to positive things. So had I, you know, not had adversity, I probably wouldn't have started She Has a Deal maybe, right? Yeah. Um, so a lot of positive things come out of the adversities that we each face and that we, uh, you know, want to make the world a better place and, and, and recognize uh, the talents and the diversity of everybody. Um, you know, that's out there that wants to do this. So for me, I, some people think, oh, you're, you know, trying to get rid of men. I am 100% not trying to get rid of men. I love me some men, okay? <laughs> um, so no, that is not it. Um, I'm not saying, and I've heard some people say, oh, I want an all-woman team or I want to push the men aside. No, no, no. What I'm trying to do is for the women like myself who have a dream, you know, to build a portfolio, to own one, whether it's a bed and breakfast, a boutique hotel, you know, that has a vision, a design that's something that speaks to them and their experiences that they know is missing from the marketplace. 
I want them to be able to do it. I want them to be able to have the opportunity. Right now, we haven't had the full opportunity to do so. So I want to just open it up to, to whoever you know, wants to do it and not look at, oh, it's a man's world or it's only for men because that's all we've seen in the past. That's, that's what I want people to, to walk away with here is that your brilliance is uh, important and needs to be reflected. So step up. If you can't run, right, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. If you can't crawl, then just keep moving. That's Martin Luther King, right? You just have to keep moving and, and go where, you know, where the steps that you can take. Um, I would love to do a big resort hotel. I love to travel. I'd love to do a big resort hotel. Was that realistic to start? No. Is it realistic today? I'm not sure. Um, I have limiting beliefs there. I'm trying to work through those. But I started, I'm just like, I can do a Hampton Inn, right? Like I can do a Hampton Inn. Um, you know, it was a seven and $7.7 million project with a $3 million PIP, $3.6 million PIP, et cetera. But I'm like, okay, that, that, that's a good starting place. I don't have to stay there, but that's a good starting place. So I'm going to go where I can, you know, be successful and then I can move on from there. So if it's for you, a six room, a 12 room, a 20 room, whatever it is, take the steps forward, right? If it's some products that you want to put into the hotels, start talking to the people uh, in the supply management or wherever to understand like, how do I get my products, you know, in the brands, you know, just keep taking those steps. But whatever you do, don't let it, don't sit on the sideline. I mean, just please don't sit on the sideline. And then when you fail, get back up and take those lessons in. Try, try again. Try yeah. again. Yeah. Take yeah. what you learned from that failure. Like my first failure to get that loan, I realized that I didn't talk to any other lender. <laughs> I had never talked to any other lenders. And the second time when I tried and the lend, my lender literally backed out three weeks before closing. Oh. And that time I was like, uh-uh, no, 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 no. I am going to figure this out. I'm going to find another lender. Last time I, you know, the lender said, no, I didn't have any other, I didn't know where else to go. Does that make sense? So you've got to yeah. like step up. And then I was able to find a lender, you know, in three weeks and we, we closed one week late. Um, so, wow. you know, you have to be able to, um, to just keep moving forward and, and know that every failure, what I think someone once said, a setback is a setup, um, you know, for success. Yeah. 200 percent i yeah. can feel your encouragement yeah and your yeah just enthusiasm is coming through the screen and i'm i'm confident that someone listening on the other side of this <laughs> yeah. is going to be emboldened to make this move um well thank you so much for being with us today tracy viviana and portia i really you. enjoyed our conversation until next time i'm rachel vandenberg and this is the travel leader podcast thank you